Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And ever since the beginning of this show, which is almost seven years old or six years old, I can't remember, almost six years old, we have done these periodic uh, random episodes called Industry Insiders, a little series within the show where we take a break from talking with record labels and we go and reach out and talk to somebody who works in the music industry, likely uh, a company or a service that helps record labels like us do our job. And so today is an episode in our Industry Insider series. And it's someone who we've had on the show uh, about three or so years ago, and I thought it would be good to come back because she's a friend of other record labels. And that's Jamie Coletta, a music publicist, a genius in this space, also an artist manager and a marketer. So many incredible things that she has done. You can find out more about her by going to noearbuds.com. That's her publicity company. We talked today about what has changed, what's going on right now as you're listening to this in real time uh, with the music industry and how us as record labels or independent artists need to adapt. And do we follow the rules? Can we make our own rules when it comes to promoting our new releases? Now, before we dive into the interview, I've been seeing some comments uh, in our Facebook group and you know, across the the interwebs, and the comments have have ranged. Have been talking a little bit about websites. Now we've been talking about how to prepare our websites as a record label. And I saw somebody post recently. They asked a question: Where should I go to, or how should I build a website? And I'm like, Do you not know who this month's sponsor is? Like, how rude that you would ask that question when this month's sponsor is none other than Squarespace. And I got to give a shout out to Squarespace. I'm just kidding. No shade on that person who asked that question. Uh, But I've been using Squarespace for my own record label website. I use Squarespace for otherrecordlabels.com, where I spend most of my time and where you should spend most of your time. And I love using Squarespace. They're always coming up with new features. And for me, it just looks really elegant. It looks really pretty. They have some templates that make you look legit right off the hop. And that's what I did with my label some 15 years ago. If you are a member of our community, you can get 10% off your Squarespace domain and website by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace. And I hope you enjoy my chat with Jamie. Listen, like, yeah, in a scenario where I would have had the option to advise on something like that, I would, I, I have artists who can probably confidently say I've talked them out of it, right? Um, for all, for all the same reasons, but in certain cases, I do actually think it, it doesn't matter. Like, um, when you're not looking to like play the game, you know, and you're just looking to, maybe you have like a niche following that is like building and you've been putting music out or you've been playing shows and you feel the, like the hype is there right now and you have to capitalize on it. Like you're not, you don't need to play the like Apple music and Spotify games. You don't have to go for press stuff. Like just put your shit out, you know, like, and that in those cases, it's like, if that's the right time frame for it, for your own kind of little niche community, then like, do you, you know, like, that's right. I think that's fine. And, and then I also think like for other times, like there last year I had a, a release where it was out in February, but we announced it in December with a single. And even with singles, I usually wouldn't advise for people to put them out in December either for the same reasons. But um, every now and then I just think there's a case where it makes sense. Like yeah. you have a really new artist, a really brand new name for most people. Like, yeah, you have the chance of like losing out on some people's attention over like the holiday kind of period. But also if people are paying attention, 
you have almost no competition. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. The amount of coverage of new music that's coming out is really small. It's like yeah. shrinks down. Like those lists that you see every day or whatever. Um, you know, my my dear homie at Brooklyn Vegan who does his his due diligence with his lists every day yeah. of all the new music that came out. That number can range, but in the busy times, it's over. Sometimes I've seen it probably push over a hundred. Wow. And in the quieter times, that can be nine, yeah. <laughs> eight, you know? So yeah. it's like, if you're a new name and you're trying to get, like, put a real, like, stamp on some shit and let people know before the holidays come that, like, I have something on the way and it's it's going to be something on the horizon next year. Pay attention to me. That's not a terrible time to do it. Yeah. So it's, like, really just, like, your goals and your perspective has to shift a little bit as far as, like, you know, what if you're playing the industry game then yeah that's not the right time to do it that's right but if you aren't playing that game and you're kind of playing your own in some sense you know you're building your own thing and your own following then like the rules kind of go out the window i think i love that that is i mean that's and that's something that people should probably keep in mind like for everything not just for december and just to kind of bring our listeners up to speed because i forgot to grab my mic. I was just so excited to talk to you. So the question was missed and that was about releasing in December. So that's kind of what we're talking about right now. But I, I think it's interesting because you're saying it, it could work for everyone because from an established artist perspective, I remember Francis and the Lights did a release on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, which I thought was cool because I don't really do anything for New Year's Eve. So sitting at home and listening to a new record, it was a nice night. It was kind of cool. And uh, in the same way, not everyone celebrates Christmas and not ev- not everyone does this thing where they shut off and then go spend time with family for Christmas. And so you are, like you're saying, whether you're an established artist and doesn't matter, your audience will drop everything and listen to you no matter what day of the year it is, or you're a little artist and you're going to be a big fish in a small pond or a little fish. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) you've got the month yourself potentially. I love that. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I I do also like another great example would be Jeff Rosenstock put out his album post on New Year's Day. Um, right. So yeah, it's yeah. it's just, yeah, like there, there, it can work if you have, like, it's all about your expectation of it and your goal for it. And if you're playing your own game, then like, who the fuck cares when it happens? <laughs> like, yeah. like, just do it when you want. And that's why, like, I work with bands who will like, they put their album out on like a Tuesday, you know, they put that's their right. album, you know, they yeah. don't follow the rules, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just like, yeah. If you, that's a game, that's a, that's a choice to make. And if you want to make that choice, that's fine. But it's not like a mandatory thing. Like put your music out when you want to, you know, like it's, it's fine. Um, It's just all about your expectations of it. So Uh, let's address what's happening right now. Now, I mean, you know, on one hand, like we are, this show has always been evergreen. And I mean, we talked three or four years ago and I think a lot of what we talked about still applies today. And I, I don't really have the resources to be like a current events culture blog, but there is like uncertainty happening, you know, at at the time of recording to, of recording this, there's uncertainty with Bandcamp. Social media has been like all over the place in the past year to two years. Like we don't know who, which platforms to pay attention to, which one is going to leave us or where we're getting the attention from. Uh, A part of me thinks though, because I've been doing this for a while, you've been doing this for a while, that this is just another season of change and we have to adapt and we have to find new tools and there's really nothing new under the sun. This is just how it was when 
iTunes came on the scene and then when iTunes left and then all the different things that have happened over the past 20 years, I'm, I'm generally asking, is this like a different time right now? Or is this just another time where we all have to pivot and learn something new in our jobs? Yeah, I think that it's like everything is so case by case anyway with this work and this whole hustle that like you can't ever fully like say something is one way or another. It's got to always be adaptable. It's got to always be like willing to change and grow. And like, like you said, it's like this is I'm with you. I think it's like tale as old as time. And (laughs) it's just like. When I see people, you know, it, there there are factors that are different, obviously. Like, there is an obvious change in the basic media landscape of, like, yeah. where money is going, where it's leaving, where layoffs are happening, who's still in print, who's not. It's chaos, and it's much worse now than it has ever been. That's a fact. I'm not going yeah. to beat around that bush at all. Um, I remember, I mean, literally, when I first started working in PR, I could like, you know, I probably had something like, you know, I work punk music for the most part. So I don't have a lot of major national writers at any time that I can really lean on because not a lot of people are into that up there. But, you know, I could probably say I had like 40 to 50 solid people who were at like real publications and with real weight could actually do stuff and contribute to a you know successful campaign that were receptive to punk. That is easily down to like under 10. Like that wow. is so like, yeah, like that is easily not near. It's not even close to what it was. But wow. for me, as that happens, right, like naturally over time, people lose jobs, people give up quit, whatever they, you know, do their own, make their choices, get laid off most of the time. Um, (laughs) They, you know, whatever changes happen, if I just stay mad and in that unfortunate situation that this shit is crumbling around me and I don't purposely and like intentionally choose to adapt and figure out something else, then yeah, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be terrible. PR is dead. Media is dead. You know, (laughs) like I would, that's a very natural connection to make but i feel like the only choice you have in those moments is like okay that sucks i still like that person i'm gonna stay connected to them and make sure i see what happens next for them but i also now need to think about whatever publication it was that just folded or whatever the thing is you know who is the maybe it's a younger person who's taking on that role and i gotta find out who they are and connect with them maybe it's they're choosing to do more you know social media type content. Okay, cool. I have to adjust in my brain how to approach them. Like, oh, they have a freelance budget freeze. And so there's just two people writing. Like there's just, you have to factor in all of this stuff in order to like have it make any sense, you know, but it's, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's like any different. It's just, you have to be able to change with whatever's happening around you. It is definitely a little bit bleaker now (laughs) than before. So I'll give it that, but my approach, my response to it is no different. You know, it's just me me seeing like, okay, I have less people to really work with on a traditional level. So I need to start thinking untraditionally. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully uh, uh, old opportunities are replaced with new opportunities. Exactly. If you're willing to adapt and like figure that out and like put put that into the world, then yeah. like yeah, you will find something else. Like yeah. I always do. Like yeah. I re- I need to remind myself of that when I have the tough times when it's like, you know, you you're putting all this effort into finding people and making these connections and you're just getting hit with no, 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 yeah. no or yeah. you're getting 
nothing at all. That's yeah. my favorite. Um, you know, <laughs> that can feel if you're in that, sometimes I'll get into that phase of like, it's on, it's like, it feeds itself. Like one pass will, will breed like five more for some reason. Like right. they multiply. So I'll be <laughs> in that place for like two weeks of just like, man, this fucking sucks. I need to update my resume. This job is done. <laughs> like if you let yourself fester in yeah, bed, that's yeah. how it can get. But it, there was always something new. There's something always happening, whether it's a new band that inspires me or I meet somebody new who has some, you know, whatever connection thing, you know, the thing yeah. that they're doing, something always comes back. You know, it always comes back around. So it's Speak, just, you know. Speaking of something new, I love your glasses. Uh, listeners can't see what you're rocking here. <laughs> And that's, the that's really funny. <laughs> They're beautiful. Speaking I love of something new, thank you. <laughs> yes, I had the red glasses for a very, very long time, but um, my son broke them. Oh, yes, so, that's happened to me too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I had to finally upgrade, and then I was like, well, we'll just change glasses every now and then. It's fine. Yeah, they look, to kids, they look like toys. Like, they bend, and they fold, and they're, they're plastic, and they're colorful, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, they look great. Uh, <laughs> one you. of the things I've been preaching, I've been preaching email lists for a long time. And I know you like email lists. I get your emails all the time. And and I think people are starting to get it, especially now as like, you know, it's just one of those things, knock on wood, it's one of those things that like a billionaire can't take from you and and things just can't really change. But I And so you can touch on that a little bit. Um, but I do want to ask you about what are the more permanent ways that artists and labels need to be connecting with their artists? Email being an example. Uh, are there like other examples? I mean, I can't think of others other than email, but I'm just curious. Are, are you looking for some of those things, uh, avenues that can't be taken from us so easily? Hmm, that's a really interesting question, I guess. I, I hadn't really ever thought about the, you know, like, yeah, like these I guess in recent times, we're seeing how like Twitter has just completely changed and how it's functioning and everything and all the algorithmic stuff. It's just like completely changed how everything is. So it's like at any given point, anything can just disappear. So it, yeah, I, I've never thought about it like that because it's so, again, it's like so commonplace that <laughs> nothing lasts. So, so nothing good or good, nothing good stays forever. So it's just like that feeling is maybe I just believe that really strongly in my life or something. Do but I, I don't know. Do you remember? Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to throw yeah. this at you because we, you know, we're probably from the same. But I, I remember. Do you remember Facebook when Facebook had like, if you liked a page, like if you liked a band's page, that anything they post, like this was before boosted posts, so like anything they post, yeah. you would just see in your feed for free, and that was like the golden era. And I think that was like the first time when they're like, ah, actually, we're gonna take this away from you and charge you a lot for. It. That was the first time I realized, oh, we don't own these nice little storefronts that we're displaying our music in. We actually don't own this right. anymore. Sorry to interrupt you. Please, yeah. please continue. No, but that's a super good point because you're right. I like, yeah, for me, it was like MySpace and, uh, and then, yeah, when we got Facebook, when I got to college, but it was like, yeah, like you had, like, if I opted into being a part of a following a band on social media, I got their posts. It was like an email list. <laughs> that was, it was, yeah, it was a direct yeah. thing. I saw them on time when they were posting. Like, I saw them in chronological <laughs> That's order. That's right, the chronological. And yeah, it was like, <laughs> what a, yeah, that was a really special a time. And I, I, yeah, I don't think I ever realized at the time that that was not going to be the way it was. No. And then, you yeah. know, years later, I'm, I'm not just a person, a kid on social media. I'm like somebody working who has to pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you start to find out every year or two and with more frequency in recent years, 
you know, things change. And some aspect of that thing is not going to be the same as it was. It's kind of like having a kid, if anyone. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you get used to something and you build a strategy around it and you get used (laughs) to it and you're comfortable, then that shit's going to go and change. There's a new CEO. There's something going on, right? Like, so... Um, I think email lists is, yeah, your email lists and any kind of list. Some people have like their band camp list, which I highly encourage you export that shit. Um, but yeah, like wherever you've kind of collected people's contact info or whatever merch store, sometimes you, it builds you a list, whatever. Um, yeah, that's your Holy grail probably Mm -hmm. because yeah, you're right. Nobody can touch your, your email is still protected. Like that is your email. Um, so there's that, but then, you know, a caveat of that is the, you know, spamminess of it and how your stuff can still get lost in there, but problem for another conversation. (laughs) I think the other stuff that you can think about are things like discord. Um, some bands have like physical mailing lists where they like are able to like, you know, I work a band who does, they're going on probably gotta be close to like. 30 or so zines they do once a month and they just mail out a zine and they're able to just like have this communication portal with their fans. It's like when the time comes, they have multiple ways of letting them know what's going on, you know, when there's news or when there's new music or tour announcements or whatever. So there's like anything like that. Like there, I I primarily see people utilizing discord, but if there's any other types of like communication channels yeah, yeah, and communities that you can have where, where people are opting in and yeah, like they can see everything. They can scroll all the way back and yeah. go chronologically and follow that whole conversation. Yeah. So yeah, like those are the only places where, yeah, you can guarantee your shit's going to get seen by the people who are choosing to see it. I mean, things like your Patreons, your newsletters all kind of fall into the same categories, I think. Um, um, I got to go back to yeah. this in, in person <laughs> mailing list, like this snail mail, um, because yeah. we did it once too with postcards and it was a little bit costly because we printed in color and it was just kind of a fun experiment, but this zine idea, yeah. I mean, you're talking about like one of one, you're, you're creating a, a, putting yourself in a position where you're one of one. I mean, they're not getting any other mailings from bands most likely. Yeah. And, yeah. and now if you're doing a zine, they're going to be anticipating it. And I'm just thinking even like from an American perspective, like I know that your postal system is like really affordable. And so yeah. like, I think for like a black and white folded zine, I mean, it's, it would not be costly at all for 50 of Mm-mm. these or a hundred. Like that's a genius yeah. idea. Yeah. I love and that. And they make it, them, they make it themselves and it's a subscription model. <laughs> so wow. it's fairly genius, you yeah. know? And it's yeah. just like, they're able, they're also the kind of band that like stands for something and they have something to say. So having a monthly thing where they put their words into, or their lyrics, or their art into, you know, yeah. a package like this, it's just, yeah, they're, they're world building with that shit. Dude. You know, yeah. like that's, that's the, the real crush of it. They're building a whole universe around their art with this kind of stuff. And they have this like direct channel to talk to them. Like, when they have new music on the way, well, they have a monthly zine. So the month beforehand, they can they can tell people about that new music. They can put a QR code in that shit if they want. Like they can really play with that, you know. That's right. Um, it, yeah, there's just a lot there. But it's yeah, they have it's a subscription model. So just like a magazine would get subscribers, you know, this yeah. band has their own. You Is know? it free? It's uh, no, it's five dollars. Okay, okay, five dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's probably, I don't know, I don't know like the numbers, but there's probably like a package, like if you pay X amount, you know, like those types of things. Yeah. No. And I, I, I think even that is something that I could see people, you know, 
being like I, I would have no problem with doing that. And I just think for me too, like my age at eight reminds me of when bands would do that, like fan clubs and you would sign yeah. pay money and you would get a, a newsletter before they yeah. went digital. So that I mean I, I think there's something nostalgic about it too. But I, I also think there there could be a model where it's free and really Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there totally is. And I mean I feel like also it's probably like I don't know for sure. Maybe it wasn't always free, but you know, that could yeah. be the type of thing where you start it as a free thing. But when you start to realize you have a fair amount of people in there and you want to utilize it differently, yeah, you can implement different kind of subscription. It's basically Patreon, you know, that's it's, right. It's, the, that, it's that model, you yeah. know, it's just, and some people utilize their Patreon in a similar way where like their baseline, you know, subscribers will get, you know, a certain little thing, knickknack or whatever every month or something, you know, they still have that as an option. Well, and speaking of your, like your Bandcamp export that you were talking about, you can, for labels especially, you can export all of your sales data for physical sales and you have your mailing addresses of people. And unlike spamming people's email, I'm sure like you can send a postcard without their permission to their their house, you know what yeah. I mean? Like if mm-hmm. you wanted, if a label wanted to kind of do something like this, um, I don't know if, I mean, you might want to get permission, but I, I just think like you have those addresses already. Um, yeah, uh, if, oh, I've, yeah, that's not one where I've ever, if the if you're a label and you have their addresses because they bought something from you before, yeah. I don't, there's no... The purchase is the permission. I don't know if that needs to be more legally clear. I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm breaking the rules or something. To me, I feel like you opted in basically with for that purchase. You know, and I'm not sending you like, yeah, it's like it's always going to be something cool. That's (laughs) right. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to be something wag. So, and that's you know maybe that's a that's something that's not as obvious to other people. But yeah, it should always be like don't overuse that. You know, like don't abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think even a even a monthly little flyer or something, yeah. you know, like buy a printer on Amazon or buy a used printer somewhere yeah. and make that print those out yourself and send out a monthly flyer. You know, that's not even it's that expensive. So cool. You know. Um, yeah. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm curious if you have other okay. examples of like in person marketing, like you know, outs you know, um out of home, like this type of thing that like, cause all of us think anybody who kind of grew up in the Instagram world, it's like, okay, I got to promote something, go do a story, go do a post it like a graphic on Instagram, which just probably doesn't get seen anymore. But like our, our thought is let's tweet, let's hit up those channels. Um, this zine obviously is an incredible idea. Are there other examples that you've seen of like cost effective, like in-person marketing yeah, I mean, it just, it's, you've got to look at like the specific artists, the specific things they're talking about, their universe sort of, and mm-hmm. like put yourself in those shoes, I guess. Um, but yeah, there can be things you can do like in person at listening events is something mm-hmm. that I see people do a lot of. And like sometimes the bands are there and sometimes they're not, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's just like, yeah. and it's just thematically tied to the music. There's stuff like that. There's billboards, obviously not cost effective, but um, there's the idea of just like, something out in the world that physically can be walked up to and taken a photo of, even if it's just a flyer on a pole, you know, like it doesn't really matter, but like that's a visual that people will see and stop and be like, it just makes this like unspoken connection in their mind that like, this is out in the world and not just in my phone, you know, even though they're looking at it on their phone, it's like that visual connection of it being like in the street sort of, I mean, you can do like, it just depends on what you're dealing with, you know, as an artist, I wouldn't say, 
the baby band that nobody knows about should be out on the sidewalks of you know, Sunset Boulevard stenciling their logo. It's like, yeah. uh, that you can do that if you really fucking want to. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. it's like their core, the crux of it, and even for like established artists, but the crux of something like that is less in the in-person recognition of it and then looking them up on their phones it's or even scanning a qr code in person yeah. it's pretty much never going to happen what it is is it's the photo taken from further away of the thing on the ground the stencil on the ground or the po the, the wheat pasted posters on the on the side of the street or the billboard or whatever it's like the connection you make is less in the like in-person thing and more in the like how it translates online i tell my bands all the time like if cool stuff is happening while they're on the road, how the fuck do anybody else know? Does, <laughs> how does any of us know about, you know, like we don't know yeah, that's that right. um, I, you know, I have a band who just had uh Haley Williams came out to their show wow. and they got a great band selfie and picture with her and all yeah. that stuff. And it's like, yeah, like if you did, if you had just came out and said this happened, we were so overwhelmed. We didn't take a photo, whatever, whatever. People are still going to be stoked for you. But the fact that you had the photo, it yeah. was just like, yeah, like you have to think about that. Like not everybody's going to know the dope shit that's going on. So yeah. you have to find ways to bring it in. So I think with the out of home and like anything you physically mail, like the zine is a little bit more specific to a person who really like likes this band's ethos sure. and believes in it. And like there's good writing in the zine. So it's a little different. But I think like I I have a band right now that I'm working on a, a an idea we have for the holidays, which is, you know, they've announced that they're announcing their album before Christmas and then it comes out next year. So to keep their name sort of popping up on people's feeds over the holiday season instead of putting out music or anything, we're talking about like, yeah, like a little postcard campaign or like nice. people will fill out, you know, we'll put up a landing page, you fill yeah. out your info and then you're going to get like a really cute holiday card from this band with like a preview clip, you know, you can scan for a yeah. preview clip or yeah. something like that, whatever. But the picture will be like a kitschy holiday photo or something. That. So that way it's like, you know, yeah, I want people to receive it and scan it and listen to the thing or whatever. I want them to do the action, right? Um, but I really want them to put the little holiday photo up in front of their like Christmas tree or whatever and take the picture of it and put put that shit online. Or <laughs> I really I and then and then when they put that shit on their Instagram feed, they're throwing the clip of the new song right there on the post. Yes. That's what I really do it for. Right. Yes. So yes. we really it's always coming back to the perspective stuff. And it's just like, yeah, like look at this stuff differently. Like so anything you're doing physical, like yeah, there's a cost associated with that. And whether it's as cheap as printing it from a home printer or a billboard that you have to pay for on sunset boulevard um i think having the right perspective when it comes to just like what you're gonna get out of that and what you hope to see happen and you know with stuff like big as billboards i always encourage people to like yeah don't wait for it to happen make sure you make it happen <laughs> like yeah, make the combo yeah. start you know if you spend that much money on it guarantee that shit's gonna pop off but you know for a smaller artist or label doing something on their own it's like you still have to whatever you do physically in the world like that or mail to people you have to remember how it translates back online and really set it up with that in mind. That digital content from analog content is such an, a thing that people are missing. And I'm glad you're bringing light to it. And I mean, the billboard is a great example. I've never bought a billboard, but, it, and, and I mean, <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, I'm sure they're expensive, but for a small town in Ohio, it might actually be somewhat affordable. Exactly. And yeah. if you're taking that photo and then that photo goes worldwide and people are going, oh my gosh, this band has a billboard. Either they're being tongue in cheek and it's funny, or like we start to think maybe I should check this 
artists out. And I've seen people, big labels, big indie labels posting their billboard, you know, of a, of a new album. And I'm, it, I don't know, it, it, it brings a bit of credibility, even though obviously it's paid for cred, but yeah. I, I think that's so, uh, that, that connection between the analog world and the digital world is so <laughs> overlooked. It's what I tell people about pressing vinyl. It's like, it costs a lot to press vinyl, but like one of the collateral benefits is like you taking all these super sexy photos and all your fans putting it on their Crosley and dropping the needle and posting that on Instagram. Like that's, you, it's almost worth yeah. it to, to give the vinyl away for free just for the content you get from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, it was funny. I rewatch, I like re-listened to our first conversation from 2020. Oh, um, you did homework. To prepare myself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, well, I, was, I always like, I'm like very, I, because I give <laughs> advice publicly yeah. often, I yeah. uh, like to look back at what I say and That's be like, right. do I still agree with myself? Yeah. That kind of stuff um, okay. and challenge my thoughts on it. And so I, I went back to it and yeah, it was, it was a similar thought came up where it was just like, I forget how, it came up, but, um, the idea of just like, nobody knows what you're doing if you don't tell them what you're doing. And it's it's just such a, (laughs) such an obvious crazy. It's such an obvious thing, but like you're, yeah, we talked about like how, um, getting someone's like seeing those posts come up and having that frequent form of like name recognition, visual recognition, whatever, like that is all still something that is so important. So yeah, like a post of somebody receiving their vinyl, a post of the label with the like, you know, bird's eye view of it being pressed from that they got from the pressing plant, like every little kind of moment you can create for connection. We talked about it back then and it's still true today. And in fact, like it's the main point of advice I give. <laughs> like, it, you know, it went in doubt, like, oh, what now? What do we do about this? Yeah. How do we keep people's attention? It's like, just keep making shit. Just keep <laughs> coming up with stuff. Like, you need to create as many moments of possible connection as you can. And yeah, that's that's what this kind of stuff is. It's just like, you have to think about every little thing. It doesn't all have to be TikToks. Nobody's yeah. telling you to just go mm-hmm. do that. Like, yeah. it's everything from a new single to a tour announcement to press coverage to... And then somebody, you know, another artist tweeting your song out and you sharing it, um, you know, hanging out at practice, a press photo, a fucking clip of the vinyl being made, a picture of a billboard. It's all counts. Those are all the things you're building. Like, um, but that's like the main thing of a piece of advice that I've been giving people is just keeping this like very consistent and busy calendar because it's like, you have to just create these moments of potential connection. And if it's, you know, a billboard or it's something online. It's like, you have to just make sure it's translating into every space that you're in. You know, the classic post that always makes me jealous is when a record label will be going to the post office with a pre-order and they'll take a picture of how many pre-orders they have. And I, and I always like, and it's like 50 or 60. It's probably less because they're, they're big boxes. They just look like a lot. But I'm always yeah. like, oh, my pre-orders are like two or three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have to like stack empty boxes. Well, <laughs> if you just wait, if you make people wait several months That's for their right. <laughs> Shipping then the pre-orders from, from last September. Yeah, or just take a photo of like the mailers before you fill them. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> get creative. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think there's a level of that where like it's funny, but I also think people run into that too sometimes where they feel like I personally am a perfect example. Um, I preach a lot and I give a lot of advice, but like I'm never really doing this kind of content on my social media. Yeah. Like I just 
I don't have that in me. Got to be honest with you. Yeah. I know a lot of my bands don't either and a lot of labels yeah. don't and they don't have the time or the energy or the natural skill of just knowing, you know, I want to make this type of video and just making that shit. Like that's not a skill that everybody has. Yeah. So it's like, I say all this, but I also know how hard that is. And yeah. like the easiest way to do it is just to find your own authentic voice with it. Amazing. It doesn't have to look like what anybody else's looks like. It has to feel normal to you and natural to you. If you're a writer, bam, pop that newsletter off, baby. Like make that mailing list your bread and butter. Yeah. If you're more of a video person and you like to film like selfie videos, talking about your stuff, whatever, boom you're going to fit right in, you know, like, it's so just figuring out what your thing is. If you're a label and you're like, well, we don't really care much about us. We want to focus on, we, you know, we make really special looking vinyl. We always have something unique about our vinyl, the press, whatever the color is or the print or whatever. Cool. Then you have a fucking aesthetic ass vinyl, theme, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like that's right. whatever yeah. your voice is, that's the most easiest, natural second, you know, nature type of thing for you. That's what you can build this all around. When it comes you know? when it comes to social media, are you suggesting that quantity is better than quality? If you had to pick what one. Well, okay, let me let me explain this because when I say social media and when I say a band needs to be on social media, most people are going to think they have to script a TikTok and they have to shoot a viral TikTok. What you're right. saying is 10 stories or one story per day of you just doing life or doing something that you're comfortable with as opposed to one viral TikTok a, a week or a month. It like, yeah, what are your thoughts? I'm never, I, yeah, sure, I got you. Yeah. I'm never super specific with number type stuff. Like I would, I'm not the one, like no. I'm sure there's other people you can hire, but I'm not the one who's going to be like, Oh, you have to do this many posts at this many hours at this time. I could give a shit less. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I know there's best practices. I don't care about it. Yeah. What I think is most important for the types of artists I deal with and the types of people I work with, it is just getting off the ground yes. and just doing it yes. and getting the consistency. I don't give a fuck about best practices. If, if it feels militant and forced and like you have to do it a certain way, you're not going to do it. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. If, yeah. If it comes naturally to you, you're already doing it and you don't need my advice. If it doesn't Good come point. naturally to you, then trying to fit yourself into the box of what, the, you know, the people who are constantly on there are doing, it's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to try that. It's not going to see, you're not going to see immediate results and you're going to give up. Yeah. These other people went into it differently. I don't know how, I don't know why they're <laughs> made differently. Yeah. Right. Like we can't compare ourselves. So I think it's just like less of like giving people specific prompts as far as like, Oh, the, you know, you have to have something posted every day. I speak more like the counter needs to be full in the sense that like, you just have to have shit going on. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. need to be every day. There's something on the calendar. Yeah. If you've got like, I give people generally like, you need to have something you're talking about once a week. That's it. Yeah. You know, give yourself that very bare minimum of yeah. for every campaign I'm doing. And if I'm talking to labels, then for every campaign and every release we have once a week, we're putting something unique into the world about that release, whether that's a lyric pose, you know, some of our favorite lyrics from the song or an interview that ran or a new pressing of a vinyl we're going to talk about just something find something find something yeah. you know and if you're the band or the manager or the people behind the scenes kind of building that campaign out well this is what you're working on right this is what you're like those people's jobs are is like to you know fill that 
time frame was stuck, you know? Do you think um, that's so hard for us who grew up with the traditional album rollout as with you 2 would show up, they would do late night, they'd do a couple interviews, they'd have the magazine thing, they'd drop the album, they'd go on tour, and then they would disappear for three years. Do you think that that's like a model we're still subconsciously following? Um, probably some, yeah, for sure. I'm sure some people are, and I think for some artists, that model's probably better. I don't know that everybody needs to be online, you know? Like, right, right, right. I have artists that are not very online, but their fans are. So as long as like their whole strategy is just be in the places that they're in, you don't yeah. have to be. You don't have to be posting every day. You have. You don't have to post every week. I don't give a fuck, you yeah, know. Yeah. But be in the places that they're in, that kind of things, and have the most current information that they need about what you're doing available everywhere easily yeah. that's really like you know you don't have to be every not it doesn't work for everybody it's that's not right. the right fit yeah. for everybody so i think it's just that it comes down to like the type of artist it is i think that a lot of people are gonna feel like you're giving them permission like i, I think a lot of people are gonna feel encouraged by like what we've just been talking about this past 60 seconds is just that because there's just so much pressure and I feel this way as an artist too, because I know that there's a ton of content I could create really easily that I probably would enjoy creating. But whatever you said, like, I feel the same way. It's like, I have another job. I I just, I'm out of energy. And yeah, I, yeah I'm not, as for some reason, I'm not drawn to it. So I think that a lot of people are going to appreciate this permission yeah, that you're giving real. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. It doesn't mean that like, you you know, you make your own choices. So if you don't want to do it, you don't yeah. got to do it. But if you're yeah. literally listening to a fucking podcast about PR, like you're obviously looking for some kind of, <laughs> like you are obviously not someone yeah. who doesn't care. Like That's you're somebody true. who does care to That's some true. capacity. Yeah. So yeah. it is helpful to hear, I think, that like you don't have to fit the mold of what anyone else does. Just find the way it works for you and yeah. let it build, like grow naturally from there. Like, yeah. If you can like just get yourself to do stuff consistently, consistently, yeah. then it's a lot easier to add new ideas onto it or to embellish it. Or, or once you start to see that, like, okay, I have the rhythm right, like, and my expectations are always down at the dirt. You know, I always I live life with low expectations. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's the only way you can do it. So you go into that with thinking like, hey, my only expectation is that I'm actually going to be consistent with this shit. Yeah, and then if you can meet that. Step one, yeah, <laughs> then build on so to true. it. You know, like I feel myself falling into this trap all the time where I see what other people are doing and I think I'm not doing enough. And it's just like it's such a human experience. It's not exclusive to the music business. It's a it's a very normal thing that we are all doing at all fucking time. <laughs> but if you can just like separate that in your brain every now and then and remember that like, no, I gotta make it work for me first, and then I can look at what other people are doing and maybe I take inspiration from it instead of feeling like it's this like thing that's keeping me down you know it's yeah, just like yeah, do yeah. your own yeah. thing no, you know i love it um, i love that that's so, that's <laughs> so good let me ask you a little bit about something that is often on my mind when i'm i'm promoting a record my own records or if i'm just watching how like other people promote a record and that's the topic of luck and I'm kind of curious yeah. about what your thought is. Like you're doing this full time. I know you've had times where a record is just like hit, like right at that moment. And then the complete opposite, you know, we think back to 2020 and it's like very unlucky for anyone who had a release scheduled in March or April as opposed, you know, as opposed to someone who intentionally dropped it at that time. But like, but then at the same time, that summer or in that fall of 2020 was like a, it turned out to be a kind of a fun time. And so, and, and if you were to drop a record now, I don't know, it feels 
it feels dark, but I'm just curious, like there seems to be a lot out of our control. Do you ever think about that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I feel like I, more than ever, it's like things will connect and I'm just like, didn't see that happening. Okay. <laughs> let's ride. You know, <laughs> yeah. my instincts have been all over. Like I still feel like, you know, I've had to kind of adjust the way I vet new, you know, projects to work sure. on because of it. Because it is one of those things where like, yeah, maybe like if, if it was like five to six years ago and I heard something, I would have probably worked on it back then, but now I maybe wouldn't, you know? Yeah, so there's just yeah. like, it's changed enough that like I think about it for sure. Like, um, but none, sometimes things just don't make sense anymore. Like yeah. it never, I've never been able to apply the exact same formula to everything and see it ever work. Like totally. that's been true forever. And if, anyone's finding success with that that's crazy and i hate yeah. it <laughs> but it's just like it's never been that way for me anyway so it's just like yeah now more than ever though it just feels sort of like yeah like i don't actually even know what people are gonna like anymore <laughs> like yeah, i yeah. send stuff that i think is like a shoe-in that has like all the best the music's great the story's great they've got great content they've got great touring and that no not a single writer wants to talk about that shit not yeah. a single they don't give a fuck and i'm just like huh okay <laughs> interesting and so it just it brings yeah. up this thought of like i think you know what sparked us wanting to chat again anyway was this idea was like you know not everybody needs this shit not everybody needs to worry about pr in this traditional sense mm. right like there's gonna be bands there are bands who like are super fucking successful and never get coverage like they just yeah. don't get talked about yeah. in the media and it's like but they have real fans and those fans are talking and that you know like there's yeah. stuff other stuff yeah. at play but it's just like yeah like when you're thinking about you know is this stuff worth it anymore it's like there, there's no way to know what's gonna click and what's not so it's like you have to go into this. It's a risky investment like anything else, you know, and you have to kind of go into it that way. So you're in a position that the same, it would be similar to label owners. You're dealing with multiple different artists and it's very similar to like what I imagine would be like a stockbroker or whatever they call themselves, where like they have <laughs> a portfolio of successful stocks and not successful stocks. So when I, I have found that to be the case where, if I'm releasing two records, three records this year, four records this year, one is going to, whatever one for we don't know is going to somehow take off. The other ones will be okay. And, the, and then for some reason, one's just not gonna hit at all. So how do you manage like the expectations of the artists you work with, as well as like, I mean, it, it's sad to be like, sorry, your record just happened to be the one that was unlucky this year. So like, how do you console them too? Um, I think it's just, you have to be really transparent from the very beginning. You have, before you're even working with somebody, I feel like I have to just, like I said, my vetting process is a little tighter now. And like things I would have probably said yes to years ago, I'm saying no to now because it's like, uh, the, I've had to kind of just like, just like everybody else. It's like, <laughs> I've had to condense my, like I have less time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have to charge more and it's just like so yeah. many things change. Right. Yeah. So I have to look at my time as much more. It costs a lot more to get me now. Yeah. And yeah. so an album I would have worked on five years ago, maybe today I can't because it's just like, Hey, like, even if you're willing to pay that, I have to now consider, is this all going to be worth it? Am I going to yeah. actually be able to make a connection for you? So I have to vet in a much different way. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at it like, whereas before I could be like, I'm the emo person. I'll take all the fucking emo you got as long as I can fuck with it. As long yeah. as I like yeah, it. Yeah. 
I'll take it. Yeah. Now it's like, well, I got to find the best of the bunch and the one with the most unique story to tell with, you know, X, Y, and Z credibility that's already starting to grow. I've got to kind of figure out which of those I'm going to work with versus yeah. kind of helping everybody. So um, I think, you know, that's, that's definitely different. <laughs> um, but it's just like, yeah, it starts with the vetting. And then I think when you're start, once you've gotten through that and I've, you know, decided I've made that call of like, okay, the music's great. The story's building. I can help it build more. I feel a genuine connection to it, et cetera, et cetera. I've gotten past that part. Then yeah, it's like from the very beginning, letting them know the situation, you know, yeah. having those early conversations where sometimes they take place before we work together. But like those early conversations where I can be like, all right, what do you know about media and like PR stuff and like build the, you know, start the process from there based off of where they're coming from and their yeah. knowledge. Some yeah. people are like, I don't even know what this is. I just, my friend told me I should hire a publicist uh, <laughs> and then I can yeah. start them from zero. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, yeah, I know it's pretty bleak right now. We've got an X, Y, and Z coverage on our own. We're looking for a little bit of help, whatever, whatever. And like, then the combo goes from there, but it just starts from a place of like very, very transparent communication about what it is and what's, what to expect. And like, basically like how I operate and because I operate much differently than most traditional publicists that requires like a lot of upfront communication about it. And Mm. I think, you know, my first few years of doing it by myself, I didn't really know what that meant. Like I didn't really fully understand what I was even pitching people. Mm. And so it was hard for me to communicate that. And now I'm so much better at it that it's just like, yeah, this is like a hybrid consulting PR strategy situation. This is not traditional PR because here's what I found, (laughs) you know, over the years, here's what I've learned. Here's what the state of it is currently today. Here's how dwindling this kind of media landscape is in the traditional sense. So here's why I approach it from this perspective instead. So from the very start of a project, we are now in clear communication. We know who I'm reaching out to and what I'm targeting. We know, you know, okay, we're doing, you know, part of it's consulting. So we're doing monthly calls. We've got those set up, whatever. Like we are very clear from the jump what's going on and what the expectation is. So that way it's like, they know what I'm working towards. And then as I work on a project, it's clear communication throughout. It's frequently sending full feedback reports and letting them know like, here's who I've reached out to, here's where they're at. Um, You know, as often as you need those, those can be delivered. I usually do them monthly, but it's like some bands want to hear more often. So it's like, yeah, the second I get an answer or some feedback on something, I'll reach out to the band and let them know or the label or whatever. So it's like, yeah, like it's just, it really the core of it comes down to just being so clear about everything from the beginning and having those goals be just on the same page from the jump. I think that's great advice for record label owners to do the same things with the artists that they work with, you know? Yeah. Oh my God, please. I can't tell you how many bands, you know, you'll never hear it. They will never tell you, but how many bands say, you know, they never hear from their label or I hear from my label a lot before my album comes out and then I don't hear from them again. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, they've been saying, I've had bands telling me that for over a decade. Like they're still saying it today. So it's like, that, yeah, just like a label who, or if, if it's a one person operation, then it's a once a, you know, maybe it's a once a month email that's like a recap on everything you've been fucking doing. A lot of times it's just literally like tell the same advice we talked about earlier with social and bands like, you're on the road, something cool happens, but nobody knows if you don't post about it or share it somehow. It's the same shit here. Like if you if you are working and you're putting hours into the development of a project and a, a release or a rollout, 
but you never check in to say, here's what I'm working on and the progress of it, they're going to think you're not doing shit unless yeah. you start delivering results. There, if, if you don't deliver results and you're also not communicating what you're working on, the, the other side of it, and I, I do this as a manager as well, when I have members of my artist team that I'm not hearing from, I'm like, okay, either you're delivering results and I see the proof of it and therefore I don't need to hear from you that often because I know it's working or you're not delivering results and I'm not hearing from you means I don't think you're doing anything. That's right. And it's like, I, I think that's so key for labels to do, but I also think like publicists have to get so much better at that too. Like it's crazy. Like how, you know, well, if they, you're, yeah, if you're not, commu- <laughs> I, my thought is, sorry to interrupt. My thought is that yeah. if you're not communicating with them, they're going to fill in that gap in their with their imagination. And exactly. Like and you have to let yeah. people know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just the other day I got this YouTube comment on our on our label YouTube channel for an album that came out maybe 12 years ago. And it, somebody just commented, Wow, what a beautiful album. It was on like a, a stream or a track. And it was by a different artist. And for me, like I see people compliment things all the time. I was just like, okay, cool. Like that was nice. But like, I should have screenshotted that and sent it to the artist and been like, hey, you know what I mean? Like that would have meant way more to them than for me who represents many different things, many different things going on in my mind. Um, But that's just an example of like, we see all of these things come in and there's labels out there who are far more active than I am. and, And just don't think that like, I don't think you can provide an artist with too much information. I think they'd be glad to hear anything if it's about their career. Yeah. And even if you have no results, like please keep it in the same for, I say the same to publicists too, like or anyone working for an artist or something like, even if you don't have results yet, but you're working towards them, if you are honestly working towards them, then you should have no trouble updating them on what you're working on. Right. If you're not working towards them or you're dishonest, or you promise things you can't actually deliver on. Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Then I understand. And and I think you've got more shit to figure out (laughs) then if the artist knows what you're working on or not. We may actually do the work. (laughs) We may have asked, I may have asked you this last time, but it's been so many years and it's okay for our people to hear it again. But I, we've talked a little bit about how you pick a project to work on, but let's talk about it from the other side. Like when is an artist or in our case, a label who has an artist, when are they contacting you or a publicist um, as opposed to in-house PR, um, which I'm sure they've all taken your course, so they don't even need to hire you. But like (laughs) if, you know, as opposed to doing it in-house or just a DIY artist, like when is that stage like to actually pay the money? Because it's a lot of money if it's done well. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you need to like, yeah, the very first thing a label or a manager, like check yourself first. Like, you know, a lot of PR companies are out there that will just take your money. They don't care if the music is good. They don't care. I've always been afraid of that. They connect with it. They don't care if there's a story to tell. There will always be a PR company that looks legit that will just take it and is not going to care either fucking way. Okay. Yeah. Like that's yeah. fact. So yeah. before you hide, before, when you're in the position of like, should we or should we not, you have to go into it knowing that that's still a possibility. Okay. So like you could end up in the wrong situation. That means that like who you end up hiring is so fucking important and how you as the person hiring them can vet that situation. Like you have to vet them in the right way. So I think the first thing is checking yourself means like, let's say you're work, you have an album or whatever, and you're like, should we bring out 
bring in outside PR or should I do it myself as the label owner or whatever? Um, you have to analyze that individual artists and that individual project. Um, first of all, quality. We got to start there. I think that there's so many times, I'm sorry to say this, but I have to put it out there publicly because I see people complain a lot on the internet, which is what it's for. I see a lot of people complaining about my you know releases that don't get picked up, that PR is not worth it because nobody talks about my shit anyway. And I go and I listen to the thing. And I I understand everyone has their own taste. Yeah. But listen, we have to be real sometimes. Yeah. Not everybody is good enough for yeah. this shit. Like, yeah. and not a, there's a level, I am the, if you look me up and you look up what I've talked about for almost a decade now, I am so fucking inclusive. It's hurt me in the past. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that there needs to be the gate. There's no gatekeeping. I lift the curtain up on everything. Yeah. If you ask a question, I'm going to answer it. There's no reason that information about how to exist as an artist should be gatekept mm -hmm. from people just because they don't have the right connections or whatever or the right clout yeah okay so like i am not that one yes <laughs> but yeah this is just like sometimes you're not good enough and it's like i don't think that everybody should be spending the 5k plus it costs to have a good publicist on a project you know if you're not good enough so step yeah. one is we got to analyze the quality is this record really good or do i just like it because of other reasons and that's fine too is it more too niche is it produced well like let's get through the obvious shit first and then yeah. it's a good record yeah um you've gotten past that part now does it have a story to tell does this artist have something to say around this release with this music with this art is there anything that we can talk about when we are talking about this album that gives it a more robust narrative because if we're trying to hire a publicist in the most traditional sense they are trying to get people to write about your artist right maybe it's interviews on tv performances whatever but like at the core you're trying to give people a great little nugget of information to to talk about, right? You have to give them a story. So yeah, you've got a great record, but do you have a good story? Like, the, is there something to talk about around the release? Wait, so you're saying um, that like a new alternative rock album, that's not enough of a story just to say it's a new yeah, album? <laughs> it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. And it is also always so funny to me when like, I'll get like, Oh, trust me, I get still get people who pitch me because they think that I'm like I, I'll do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a journalist. That so happens to me too. I get pitches. Yeah. I get pitches, and I read them, and it, like I'm like, yeah, no shit. PR is harder these days because a bunch of you are you yeah. people are in the inbox yeah. just flooding it out <laughs> because they're pitching yeah. me and they're saying to me like, you know, this new this band I've never heard of. I have no recognition of their name, and it's like the language is written like I'm supposed to know like their most impressive work yet, their most personal work Die, yet, and I'm just like. I what I don't uh, care. First off, it's all personal. <laughs> but, it's just like, but yeah, I see language yes, like that, and yeah. I'm like, oh man, you're not. I don't. I don't even know what this sounds like. I don't know anything about this. Why yeah. would I? That doesn't do any. That language does nothing for me. No. And it's like an email that gets deleted. You I know, see and that it's like, all the time. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're getting them by accident. So it's like, imagine the people oh, who are know. supposed to be getting those. I know. Yeah, if their inbox is full of that stuff. Of course, my shit's going to be harder to find. Like, y'all are making this harder on everybody, but that's another <laughs> <question>. thing. <laughs> it's so true, but, though. Uh, it's real. So, it's, yeah, it's a little bit about like, okay, so is how there a you story? Present it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a story? Like, you have to have something genuine to talk about. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it's the obvious thing. I, I've tweeted about narrative and story before. People yeah. can look it up if they want to. But, um, and I, I'm sure I can talk about more, you know, what that means. If anyone has questions, they can reach out. But like you have, it doesn't mean, you know, sometimes that's, oh, we got in a car crash before we made this record or somebody's, 
dealt with a loss in their life at a very particular moment and we made a record about it. Like sometimes the stories are very obvious, right? Yeah. And other times they're not. And like, if you have a record that had the band, when you talk to the band, you're like, Yo, tell me about this album. And you're genuinely interested. You've listened to it enough, but you want to hear more from them and you prompt them with that. And you don't really get much. If you get like, you know, yeah, so we uh, we made it with the Hamia hair. We did that. Um, we tracked it live. We, we used this effect. It was you get that kind of stuff. It's like, and you're not getting any real meat of like, you know, what are we talking about with these songs? What are you? What is the statement? You're when somebody listens to this, what do you want them to get out of yeah. it? What is the hope that you know they're connecting? What are they connecting to in the first place? If you don't get much out of somebody when you prompt them with questions like that that's probably a pretty good sign that they're not the one, you know, yeah. you probably shouldn't spend the five foot, you know, however yeah. many thousands of dollars it's going to cost to do, to hire a good publicist because they don't have anything to say. Maybe it's worth, you know, hiring somebody to just like consult on the project so you can get some help or whatever. Maybe like, Hey, we can't get a story out of these guys, but they have great record and we know there's more there, but they don't understand how to, you know, they can't tap into it themselves. Hey, maybe that's a worthy spend, right? Help, help figuring that shit out but it's probably not worth it to do PR if you don't have anything to talk about. Um, and if you just have a great record, I'm sorry, that's like just not enough anymore. Yeah, and it's just yeah, unfortunate that yeah. that's the case. And, and you know, listen, there's always going to be outliers to everything. There's always going to be writers who hear this and somebody says, I'll listen. If it's good, I'll cover it. Like, okay, cool. Prove it. Like, yeah, Let yeah. me see that shit, you know, yeah. like walk the walk. <laughs> Um, but obviously there's always cases where, you know, good music does get ahead, but I think in, in general, you have to cut through a lot of noise. So, um, you know, you can't, you have to, you have to have these things in place. So, yeah, I think it's like the music has to be great. The story has to be great. And then, yeah, you have to be out there. You have to be working. You have to be pretty active in order for it to really crack through and for it to feel like it's a good time to do PR. You know, mm. there's very rarely the case where a band is like brand, brand new first release out the gate, never played a show before they got a publicist, you know, like, and you know, listen again, you can always have one. They're always going to be people who that's will take right. the work yeah, that's right. and take your money. But very rarely do you see that actually amount to much in yeah. those early days, yeah. because it's like, you have to prove it a little bit first. You have to like, you have nobody can be working harder than you are. You know, mm -hmm. like this is yeah. your project. This is your release. Like that's that's very important that they're already kind of hustling on it in a sense that gives that for me when I'm considering it's like great. I got a great record, got a lot to talk about, different angles, whatever are already coming to mind. And I see that with or without me, this band is going to be active and Amazing. doing stuff. Amazing. You know? That's so huge. That's important. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. Like, what is the role of the artist once they've got a publicist or their label has? I mean, we even talk about this uh, with our labels. Like once an artist gets a label, they kind of feel like either they they instantly become lazy and, and like, all right, they're in charge or they also, or they don't want to step on anybody's toes. Yeah. And so they take that position. So what should an artist do when they do get a publicist? Yeah. I mean, it's just like being in communication with them is good and checking in and stuff. But I think for you as the artist, it's like, just keep the wheels moving, keep yeah. doing stuff. Like yeah. this person's job is not to do it for you. Yeah. Their, their job is to take what you're giving them and getting that in front of more people in creating mm. authentic connections with it. So if all you give them is an album, I know you want that to be enough. 
it's not right. You, yeah. It's only going to be yeah. enough so far. I can only get so far with just your music. When you start adding in other f- elements, you know, now I've got great photos. Now I've got interesting album artwork with a story behind it. Now I've got a music video. Now I've got acoustic session. Now I got the tour announcement. Now I got, you know, this person's active on social media. I got a post that's kind of popping off, you know, whatever, like, I've got stuff to work with because what I'm doing is I'm trying to make these connections. If I'm working with an established artist, it's a little bit easier. You don't have to be as thoughtful about everything because people know who you are. But for the most part, I'm working with people that are looking to get to that point. So it's earlier for them and people don't know their name. So Mm. for me, that first effort may not land. I'm going to need to come back around in a couple of days or a week or whatever. I'm going to have to come back around and follow up. And if I can come back around and follow up with more to talk about, <laughs> that is crucial, right? Yeah. It, it can be as simple as like, like you post, I had a, I'm, I'm pitching a band right now where they post these like really beautiful, like poetic, like vignettes of their life as like content for their social media and it usually has the audio of like instrumental of one of their songs in the background. And it's just like a really cool, they're like a, a road, they're kind of road warrior type people. So it's like cool to see their travels. Cool yeah, to like, yeah. you, you, again, wor- world building. Right. Um, and like for them, it's like, you know, making sure that I'm seeing that, like, you know, the po the, the new song coming up, it's making sure that I'm seeing that, you know, earlier and like it's the content they're filling out these ideas of like teasing into the the next single or whatever using this type of content and stuff like i forget where i'm going with this no, no that's okay here's <laughs> that what happens I, to me too often that's okay no yeah. um it, we have i i can't keep you much longer we got to save a little bit for episode three <laughs> but um i, I do want to ask you a little bit about and we've kind of been talking on this a little bit is the the un the probably the most unsexy thing that I can tell people whether it's an artist or a record label is that building something takes time and I'm just kind of curious from your experience and you know in, and it's actually really hard to tell an artist uh, or if you're a label telling an artist that this release that you're working on might just be a building block you know, and it might not be till the second one or the 10th one. So it's, I'm just, I mean, it's not fun to hear. Um, it's like getting adult braces, right? Like it's kind of painful and costly, <laughs> but like it should be worth it. So talk to me a little bit about your experiences now of, of seeing artists who have stuck with it for the long haul. Um, and, and, and again, I just don't want to criticize anyone who who's given up for other reasons, like tough as times are really tough. You know, I get that, but there yeah. is something about sticking with your record label or sticking with your, uh, your career as an artist and building something over the long term. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the only thing I would like to do is help people build things that are meant to last. Right. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it's like when I hear an album, I can usually tell right away, you know, if mm-hmm. it's going to be the kind of thing that's like a lightning bolt or is yeah. it like a, you know, a drizzle, <laughs> like what yeah. are we working with here? Yeah. Like, this is going to be magic and it's going to connect pretty quickly. And no, I can't predict who it's going to connect with or how or when at what times, but I can usually tell if something's at the level where it's like, yeah, when people start to hear this thing, it's going to be a snowball, you know, yeah. like you can just gauge it based off of listening to it. Um, if I, I if In the same way, you can have the same reaction in the other direction of like, I can already hear the things that are going to turn not just me, but other people potentially uh, off to this. Yeah. I'm not hearing the, like, the, I don't have the spark. I don't have the connection. 
there are times where I'll be anticipating an album from someone. They'll send it to me. I'm excited about the story. I'm excited about their growth. I'm excited about their hustle. And I get the album and I'm like, damn it. Like it just doesn't do it. Oh shit. Um, And and maybe it's, you know, it doesn't do it personally, but it's my professional. Like I've made this whole business of mine around my own taste. I have done nothing but follow my own guide. So when I hear something, that doesn't feel like I'm connecting with it, it does signal to me in a sense that like, well, if I, you know, it doesn't feel like it connects with me. That means that like, I probably shouldn't work on it because I wouldn't be able to convince people to listen to it. And if I'm already feeling a certain way about it, they may too. And it's just like, it's a hard conversation to have any time, but it's just being real. It's everything is always good for me. It's just going to come down to the transparency of just like, this isn't connecting with me. And for me to do my job effectively and to give you the best chances here, I have to at at minimum connect with this music. You know, I have to hear it and feel like it has a spark. Whether it's a personal thing or it's more like sometimes I hear something and I'm like, oh, I already know fucking 60 people who are going to love this just based off of its sound and certain qualities about it. Sure. But it's just like, yeah, like sometimes it's the opposite and it's just being honest about it. And then also, but I think it's key to, to be honest, but also to approach it from like, as long as it's not terrible, there's still work that can be done most of the time. For PR, I would probably nowadays say just no because I don't want to waste anyone's yeah, money or yeah. time. But, you know, it sometimes it would be the thing where like, I'll find a record where I'm like, you know what? I connect with it. It's not a, it's not a slam dunk. It doesn't feel like the one, you know, that's going to yeah. catch a lot of people, but it's good. And it's a, like you said, a building block type of moment. So then I think it's just being real about that and just being like, listen, I think you did a great job. You made a great record. I don't know that it fits with what people are talking about these days, but it fits with what these people are talking about. Yeah. You have to figure out the language. You have to speak the language a little bit of like, you know, the niche communities and stuff like that. And like, just redirect that perspective to like, no, it's not going to be the one that gets you all the fucking way. But if we do it right and we build on this one, we can go all the way later, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, but you, it's just being honest. You said the terms, the expression snowball. And I think for a lot of younger people or anybody, any of us who are exposed to YouTube that takes off or TikToks that take off, that snowball is, is we expect that to happen this week. Like Sunday night, we post it. Monday, people are talking yeah. about it. By Friday, we're rich. But like the snowball that I try to train myself is like, whether it's building a business or whether it's, you know, working with an artist, that snowball should take several years. Do you agree? Yeah. And it can grow very, yeah, totally. And it can grow very incrementally. Like it doesn't have to be overnight. Like as long as it's growing, it's working. And like, if you need it to go faster than that, then you're your perspective and your approach doesn't align with mine. And therefore Mm -hmm. we are not a good match, whether I'm a label or a publicist, right. Or manager. It's just like, yeah, like I have always believed in the long and slow build. Like I want you to be able to live off of this shit and buy a house and have a family and take vacations and like do whatever the fuck you want because you've built your music career to a point where it's sustainable for a life. I don't, I'm not in the business of making people go viral. I'm not in the business of, you know, working the, you know, big indie artists who, you know, that, that like top tier percentage of people who like, no matter what they breathe and they get press coverage. Like <laughs> I'm not in the business of like creating yeah. this like social climby situation, yeah. right? Like I'm here to make you have to help you with whatever creation art you give me. I'm not here to judge it. I'm not here to tell you, you got to get a different producer or whatever. Like yeah. if you ask me, I'll answer, but I'm here to say, 
I like this or I don't like this. And if I do like it, here's how I can help it. You know, I'm thinking of the big picture. I'm thinking of a holistic approach and not so much like in micro, oh, we have to get X amount of views or whatever. And then we repost it if we don't. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not here for that. You know, yeah. like I'm here for to help you with build a career. Yeah. And that shit does not happen overnight. And yeah. the times that it does, I've had random little moments where an artist just completely takes off. And I'm just like, okay, word. I knew I knew that shit was going to work. Yeah, and yeah. it's just nice to be validated. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. I, you know, there's never any rhyme or reason to when it happens. It just does, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's such great advice. And we've seen you do that. We've seen you build something slowly and, and make it worthwhile and, and make it valuable over time. And so anyway, thank you so much for doing this. It's always so much of fun course. to chat with you. You are the, the, the OG <laughs> of other record labels and, uh, it's oh, just, it's so, it. it's so fun to chat. I can't wait till we do it again. So thank you for, there's I so know, much more too, I would ask you, you about. Well, we will do a part three. We in will three do a part years, three. Yeah. So. And then we're going to be, you know what? What we'll do is let's, let's say like in three years, let's like rewatch this together, like the director's commentary. Oh, that's a fun and, idea. And we'll, yeah, we'll like see that. what, uh, what has changed and like, what are we freaking about <laughs> in three years from now? <laughs> Right. I love yeah. that. That's a, that's a plan. Let's <laughs> plan on it. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I always love talking to you anytime. So. <laughs> And thank you for listening. Thanks to Jamie for being on the show. Again, a huge friend of other record labels since, um, well, quite a long time ago. You can learn more about Jamie and the work that she does by going to noearbuds.com. That's noearbuds.com. Remember, she's actually taught some courses in our Record Label Academy. She taught our big flagship marketing course, which came out, uh, gosh, three years ago <clears throat> to this day. Well, not this day, but three years ago this month. And she also teaches our micro course on social media. She is a publicist, music PR genius. Everybody knows that. And actually, when we got off the phone, I, I well, before we got off the phone, I stopped recording and we started talking about a new course uh, that we just kind of landed on an idea. So hopefully we'll be adding that to anybody who is a part of our Record Label Academy in the near future. So find out more about our Record Label Academy by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash academy. And thanks for listening. <laughs>